Welcome to Elmo's World Podcast. This is Elmo Ador Jr. And it's awesome to have my friend John Hadi here. John, can you tell us something about yourself? Sure. My name is John. Um, I live in Lynchburg, Virginia. Um, currently, I'm working at a uh, pharmaceutical company uh, doing uh, sanitizing for COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, I work nights. I work 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. So that's, that's fun. And um, how, how are you doing, man? Like, how is America doing right now? I've been like uh, having uh, messages from my friends that from the, in the USA that like a civil war is brewing or something. <laughs> Fear is spreading in the country. I don't How How is it there? It's a scary time, really. Mm-hmm. Um, first, we have we have the virus and there are people who don't believe that it's an actual thing and you know, refuse to wear masks or. Yeah, and uh, how are you doing there in the USA right now? Um, a little anxious. I mean, I'm not. You know, I'm, my wife and I, you know, practice social distancing and you know wear masks when we go out and, and things like that. But you know, not not everybody does, so it's. It's a little frightening. I've, I've had a friend who uh, passed away from COVID uh, about a month or so ago. Uh, another coworker uh, was out of work for a little over a month with, with COVID. He, he traveled to a uh, place where was, he was, I think he went to Atlanta, Georgia, and um, he contracted it there. And so uh, he was sick and picked come to work for about a month or so. So yeah, that's 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 how it's been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the the thing is that um, a lot of people deny the casualties and the and the, a lot of people who actually really really were affected by this virus. And the sad thing is that misinformation is a huge thing, and its impact on the economy and everybody as a whole is so huge. But we tend to ignore this because uh, we always, um, uh, because it's a democracy, I guess, you know, anybody can do what they want, but it ha- there has to be a limit. Don't you agree? Oh, yes, absolutely. And, you know, it's confusing that people won't listen to scientists and, and, and medical professionals. And, it, you know, it's just something that's almost like a celebration of ignorance about this stuff. And yeah, it's just hard to understand people's perspective on why they you know, don't believe it's as serious as, as it is. Mm-hmm. And, and I wanna, want to ask you, John, um, what are your, specifically are your beliefs? Do you believe in God? Are you a Christian or are you an atheist? I, I, would, uh, I would categorize myself as, as an ex-Christian um, agnostic. I was, both my parents were Christians, uh, both Sunday school teachers. I was raised in church. Uh, I attended Bible college. But yeah, at this point in my life, I I'm really don't, I'm not sure if I believe in God. Mm-hmm. Well, I know this is a very personal question, but I would like to ask you, what were the reasons why uh, you call yourself an ex-Christian or why did you leave Christianity? Sure. Um, I, I think like any uh, 
any religion or philosophy, there's always a journey to or, or from, you know, if you embrace, uh, you know, Christianity or, or Islam or, you know, becoming an atheist or whatever, there's, there's always a journey, you know, you usually just wake up one day and decide you're going to be whatever it is you decide to be. Um, with, with me, it was, it was a number of different things. Um, a lot of it, um, I was very involved in church. I was a member of the board of a couple of churches, uh, even thought about being a pastor at one point, but just a lot of the toxicity that I've seen in, in Christianity. And, and I'm talking about, um, fundamentalist Christianity mm-hmm. um, and, you know, things that, that happened to me, um, ways, ways that I was treated, um, you know, that certainly contributed to it. Um, another big thing that happened, my uh, best friend uh, passed away from cancer he, and uh, it, it killed him in about four months at the end. Um, they, they removed his uh, his breathing tube and had him just breathing on his own while they're waiting for him to die. Basically, and it, it took him twelve hours to die. And you know, I was like, why would you know if God exists and God is merciful? Why why would He allow my friend, who was one of the best people I, I've ever known, his funeral was was standing room only? Why would God allow him to to suffer like that and to to die? And it just you know it really. That's when I began to really question. I think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and and you know, came to the place that I am now in my you know lack of belief. And but then I guess that um, b- now that you're an ex-Christian, you would and you would identify as an agnostic. But but in that case, though, you don't say that there there is no positively say that there is no God, yeah. but you just don't know whether there is one. Because of your doubts as well. Yes, I. I mean, I'm. I'm not arrogant enough to think that I know everything in the universe, and you know whether God exists. Or, you know, I can't positively rule out the idea of God. Mm-hmm. That God exists, but I. But I don't know. So yes, yeah, I would. I would say I'm an agnostic. Okay, then. In this case, then, because you're an agnostic, this is very. Um, uh, interesting how do you look at life like what are your values and what do you think is real do, um for example do you do you have, you probably believe in evolution the big bang and all that stuff but do you also believe in in like human rights or human morality yes absolutely yeah no, I, I would say I have a definite moral code, and that's really no different than it was uh, before. Uh, before I left Christianity, you know, I, I still value treating people, um, you know, the way I would want to be treated, and trying to be kind. I I value human rights, um, social justice, those, those sorts of things. Okay. So yeah, yes, absolutely. But but then I get. Uh, can I ask you, like, um, where are your strong opinions on? Is it more of a like 
anti-religious or more of political or do you dive into more philosophical um oh that's a tough question um yes yeah, some some of all of the above okay um, i know i don't know that i'm completely anti-religious I, i respect you know people who who are christians or you know or any other religion really i you know i, I respect as long as you know you don't people don't use their beliefs to, to violate other people's you know basic freedoms and rights i, I have no problem mm -hmm. um yeah philosophically i like to i like to um think a lot about you know things like the existence of God or not, uh, the, the idea, and, you know, one thing that I really focus on the idea of if there is God, um, how is there evil in the world? How do, how do we account for, you know, some of the horrible things that we see in our world today? Yeah. Politically. Yeah. Polit I was going to say politically, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very left leaning. Um, I, you know, support the idea just of, of human decency and, and human rights and for people to be able to make living wage and, you know, for people to be treated, um, treated equally, no matter what their, their race is or their sexual orientation or, or things like that. Okay. Then, uh, but um what can i ask you what is your basis for your moral code um when I, when i say like basis like um for example when you value believe in human rights i want to ask you what is human rights like is it inherent is it or just socially constructed independent liberal um i believe in a lot of things that the uh, democratic party a lot of their platforms. Um, oh, I'm not. Um, but a lot of a lot of a lot of things along the line of uh, racial equality, uh, better paying jobs, uh, taxing the the very wealthy billionaires. Um, in order to pay for health care, um, support marriage equality, um, basically things things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And um, well, how about we talk about, for example, abortion, because this, this is a very um, controversial topic. And I would like to know what your position on that is. Um, uh, I would say I am personally pro-life, um, that I'm, my wife and I have no children, but, you know, if she were to become pregnant, which hopefully at, at our age, we're both 50 years old, it would happen, but, um, if she were and she could carry, you know, a child safely to the term, I would, I would encourage that, but, as far as anyone else goes, I, I really believe that's, you know, I, I'm pro-choice. I believe that, you know, that, that is up to each individual person to decide, you know, whether they, they support abortion or whether, you know, they would have an abortion or, you know, what they would do. I'm not comfortable with the government 
telling people that they can't do that. Mm-hmm. So I guess then that in, in uh, publicly, in terms of like public policies, you are pro-choice, but personally in your life, you would uh, be more pro-life, right? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's a fair assessment. Mm-hmm. But I guess like um, being pro-choice is something of a, I, I don't know, but it's more of a pragmatic decision rather than a consistent moral choice. Because, for example, um, the real issue with why women have to, to, to choose for themselves and um, uh, abort the baby other than except with exceptions of rape cases of course or or critical uh, issues for life like um, a lot of women get abortions because they wouldn't be able to provide for themselves and in that case you know the real issue is not it's not actually the the, the life of the baby itself but more of a a economical problem you know and if you ask me actually the, the government could ha- could have a lot of policies that could uh, ha- give incentives for women to actually keep their babies you know and if you and personally I think no woman wants to to abort their baby I think they they do have deep love for this child that they that, that is inside their bodies but in in a lot of cases they choose to not have them because of the the future problems that it will bring and it, it's ju- just not a wise decision do, do you agree with that yeah I, w- I would say that's 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 fair um i you know and i certainly support anybody who would choose um you know if they feel they can't could not raise their child um, that they would give up a child for adoption. I would, I would support that as well. I, I think that's, you know, certainly a, a viable choice. Um, yeah, I think, I think though, largely, you're right. It's a, a lot of it is if you feel that you can't afford to raise a child, and you know, therefore bringing a child into the world without. Um, a lot of the necessities and you know things that, that a child would need um, it is kind of personally unfair. Yeah, and I, I agree. But and for example, let's say that um, you you're, you have a daughter, right? And she she grew up and she's like twenty five, and she got pregnant too. And she decides to have an abortion. Would you, would you stop her from having that? Because you are personally pro-life, but in a way, you're also pro-choice when it comes to others' decisions. How would you uh, uh, um, handle that? I, I would support her no matter what her choice was. Okay. Whether she she chose to keep the baby or whether she. Chose chose to abort it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's easy for me to say because I have no, you know, emotional connection because she's a hypothetical mm-hmm. daughter. But yeah, I mean, I I would like to think that I would choose to support her no matter what her choice was. Okay. 
and then how about we talk about for example um taxes you, you do agree that uh, we should tax the rich right and mo we should tax yes, them yeah, more yeah there's a huge uh huge income inequality um when when you have you know billionaires like um jeff bezos who owns amazon who pays very little in taxes, um, doesn't pay his workers very well, and you know, is, and has made even more money during this pandemic. It would be an easy solution if we were to tax him more, you know, and use that money for for programs to help just regular regular people. Um, and he wouldn't ever he wouldn't be poor. He would just be a little less rich, and it wouldn't hurt him at all. So yeah, absolutely. I I. Um, definitely believe in, in taxing the rich, but they should, you know, be able to, they have advantages and they should be able to pay their fair share, you know, and, and it wouldn't be a hardship on them at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. But, but in the case of, for example, if I was the rich person and say, uh, I worked hard to gain this position, like 24, like, 20 hours a day, I work like five years straight to be able to have this position to grow my business. And I would say that I fully deserved what I have right now. And, and to, and to say that, for example, uh, if I were to pay taxes for someone who, who, who hasn't worked the same as me and who that would gain insurance, uh, for free and a lot of government benefits to me that would seem unfair right well um i feel i feel like uh yeah on its face maybe it, it does seem unfair but in order to make that much money um and i'm not talking about a small business owner who's who's worked and invested and you know now has, makes several hundred thousand dollars a year, you know, yeah, I, I agree that person deserves what they've worked for, but somebody who's a, a billionaire um, has a lot of advantages that the regular person doesn't have. And, you know, when, when you have to work two or three jobs, and I know people who do this just, you know, to make ends meet, to be able to, to pay for ch your children, to be able to, you know, new thing. I don't think it's too much to ask somebody who is who is super rich, who is one of the mega rich, to pay a little bit more in taxes. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. In, in that case, but I guess that in order to have like a better economy, we have to also provide incentives for in businessmen to to uh stay in the in this in our own national economy because the higher the taxes taxes go the the more they would want to uh go to other countries with lower taxes and and have their businesses there right sure um and the problem you have with that is then they exploit workers in countries that uh, don't you know where they wouldn't have to pay as much taxes or where the uh, the living wage is a lot a lot less um 
thing, you know, things in, in the United States, uh, raising the minimum wage would, which we, we could do that easily with, you know, um, having taxing very, very wealthy people. We could easily raise the minimum wage, which hasn't been raised in, uh, oh, in, in many years. I'm not, I don't even remember when, it's been about 25 years. So it's not kept up with the cost of living. But if you were to give people who are, who are lower class who are working for, you know, such as myself, um, more disposable income, they're going to buy more goods and services. And that money goes back into the economy that would benefit the businessmen who, you know, would pay higher taxes, be in the higher tax bracket. Um, a lot of the, a lot of those guys don't pay a lot in taxes. They don't really, because they, they have lawyers, they have offshore accounts. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, certainly you don't want to drive business away from your country, but at the same time, you know, there is, there is a privilege of being able to live and having business in a country where you can make a lot of money. And, you know, for that, you should be willing and, you know, certainly obliged to, to pay the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Then in this case, though, um, I, I would uh, ask myself, um, when we talk about, for example, why I would want to work or what my why I would like uh, start a business. I would have to look deep down and ask myself, why am I doing this? You know, and for you, John, I want to ask, um, what is your motivation for work, and why do you work hard, and and uh, why do you sacrifice so much in your life? To um pay for, for food and a roof over my head and, and, you know, to be able to pay for medical care if I need it. Um, yeah, I mean, those, those are personally the reasons, mm-hmm. you know, why I work. Yeah, but, but what I'm asking you is, what do you think is the meaning of life? You know, like, why are we here because uh, you say you're agnostic, but I would assume that because you are striving hard to live, that you have a reason why you're living. Uh, yeah, as far as far as like cosmological reason to be, um, I believe, you know, we, we have a finite amount of time on this earth and we, we have choices. Um, you know, we, we, we can, we can choose to make the lives of people around us better, um, in the time that we have. Um, I don't know if I believe, you know, that there's, there's a hereafter, um, that's a focus of a lot of religions is, you know, that, if you if you do good deeds or you know if you, if you obey God's commands, you know if you have a relationship with with Jesus Christ or you know those types of things that you know you'll you'll end up in 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 heaven or you know and and if you don't then you'll 
you'll be punished. You'll, you know, go to, um, I, I'm not sure about those things. So I, I believe, you know, my, my best thing to do is to, you know, work to make lives of people around me better to, to try and treat people as, as well as, you know, as well as I can. I certainly don't always do that, but those sorts of things, that's my motivation. Um, you know, to um, cultivate the relationships with the people that that I care about, my my wife, my friends, my family, those types of things. I, I'm. Mm-hmm. Does that does... okay? It, it seems then that um, you 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 believe in the value of human life, right? You 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 act in this certain yeah. ways, and you know that. Uh, wh- whatever I do, uh, this life is something uh, that I want to hold on to and I want to keep it. And I, w- I want to maximize my happiness by working hard and making good friends and being a good person, right? Sure, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in the end though, because you're an agnostic, um, do you think that um, this life has meaning in the grand scheme of things you know that uh, at the end of the day uh, when i die uh, what what i do in this life would it actually matter you know maybe not maybe not in a, a large way no there's, there's only a few people who you know whose lives have probably ever mattered in a, in a large way where they've affected, you know, thousands or millions of people. But yeah, in a, in a small way, sure. I, I, you know, I would hope that my life will have mattered to other people. And, you know, certainly, you know, when, when, when my time comes, hopefully I'll be able, you know, if I, if I am able to look back, I'll, I'll see where, you know, I did things that, that mattered to other people and, you know, and, and gave my life some sort of, of meaning, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Well, now that you have, um, you, you, you uh, find that life has meaning and uh, you, you do work, you know, but in your spare time, what, what fills your interest, your, your time, like interests, hobbies, your passion, what are they? Um, I think as far as a lot of just, um, I like to spend a lot of time with my wife. Um, I, she may be, I, I, you know, try to make her happy. Um, so, so my relationship with her is probably a, a big part of, of my life. Um, the fact that we don't have children, we, you know, we're, we're definitely more focused on each other. And, um, you know, whereas if I had a child, you know, to be a good parent, you, you have to sacrifice some of that relationship you might have with your spouse, you know, to be, be a parent to a child. So yeah, that's, um, and, and really most of my life outside of work focuses on doing things with her. Mm-hmm. It seems that your life, your wife is your life, you know, she's, she's uh, the one thing that your world revol- revolves around. 
Yeah, I'm certain like to. Uh... Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Mm-hmm. But but I want to ask you like um, f- for you like what uh, constitutes your identity? You know, for example, um, what are your characteristics that are unique to you, and how do you express your individuality? Maybe in art. Maybe in a hobby like collecting fossils or something, hunting, um, what or writing. What do you do most of the time? Um, I spend a lot of time reading, just just for play, fiction for pleasure. Um, I mean, but that's that's something that I I love and I've always loved. I you know I would consider that to be be a part of certainly a lot recently large part of my identity um as far as you know personal hobbies i do on on occasion write poetry um not as much as i used to but but i certainly do enjoy that that's um something i really enjoy um a lot of times i just i i enjoy thinking and you know about the world around me and what you know what causes people to behave like they do, uh, things like that. So, yeah, I, you know, kind of philosophical introspection, I guess. So those types of things. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about the, the books you read. What books have you read? I, I find this very interesting. And you're in, you said you're interested in fiction. Um, can you give an example? Yes. Sure. Um, no, I've I read a lot of a lot of horror fiction. Just um, find it entertaining. I don't know that there's you know anything deep there, but it's just you know it's 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 escapism. I think any sort of you know fiction is can be escapism. That's I like horror and fantasy are things that I I really enjoy. Um, Mm-hmm. I have on occasion read some books that are you know a little little deeper than that. Um, I don't know if you've heard of uh, Siddhartha by Herman Haas. Oh yeah, the, uh, I, I I sort yeah. of have like um, an idea, but I I, re- I I don't know much about him. Can you tell us? Can you tell can you tell me about him? It's been a little while since I've read it, but it's uh, um. From what I remember, Herman Hesse was a German author, but um, but he wrote about Buddhism, and I don't, I'm not sure if he was a Buddhist or not. But um, Siddhartha is basically about um, is three or four phases of the main character's life and how his philosophy changes um, in his pursuit of happiness, basically. But but and to you though. Um... What is happiness? What may, what could make a person truly, truly happy? I think um, really two things that can make someone very happy. Um, being around people that they love and, and you know, doing, doing things that they, they love and enjoy. Those things can, can make a person happy. You know, and as I said, a lot of it is... Um, 
makes me happiest doing things with with my wife, especially like if we travel, you know, or um, we both like to try different different um, types of food, um, and we're interested in you know different different um, cultural foods, um, things like that. And when we we you know find something that we haven't experienced before, we really enjoy it, and you know just being together we, we really enjoy that um so yeah those are those are things that that make me happy mm-hmm. okay cool and you know um john uh you seem to be a very very uh, uh you know like a simple good man and but i would like to ask though um when it comes to as you said when you observed other people and sort of philosophizing what have you conclusions have you come to oh, I, I i find that that most people um well no that's not fair to say most people that all people that i've encountered you know do have intrinsic worth um i think sometimes people are affected by by the bad things that have happened to them in their lives that um cause them to behave you know in a certain way and it's you know maybe it's hard to it's hard to separate sometimes people when they when they do bad things or they treat people other people poorly it's hard to separate them from that behavior Um, so it's it's harder, you know, to you know, especially as an you know, I'm perfect person myself to see the intrinsic worth of of somebody who would do that. Um, but the the same time, I I find that if you talk to people one on one, a lot of times you you find that their um, experiences and perspective are you know outside what I you know things that I know, and so. I think almost all people, because just because of their varied experiences, and, um, are always always interesting and always, you know, you know, there is that that intrinsic value in, you know, hearing other people's experiences and other people's, you know, what what makes them who they are. I guess. Yeah, I I, I definitely agree, and um, but to me, you know, like. What makes me who I am is not really like, for example, my nationality or my age or my name or whatever that is. I I think that who I am is the will of which uh, when I uh, when I am put in a situation, like for example, similar I am put in a simulation similar to five other people. And we have the same circumstance, but the thing is that because my will is different from them, even though that uh, circumstance is difficult, I would still strive hard to become a better person and succeed, rather than compared to the other four would just uh, whine and be lazy. You know, even though we have the same circumstances, what made me different was my own personal will to to strive hard and i would say that would be simply character i think my character yeah my character is who i am it's me being a 
a uh, a respectful man, a a man of courage, loyalty, integrity, and I think that um, essentially what the world needs is not more smarter people or more stronger or whatever highly skilled we could always use all those people but in essence i think what this world's need what yeah i think well you know yeah you you, you talk about about character yeah that's and, and honestly character and and goodness and and treating people well are are so much more important than any other accomplishments that you can have, you know, whether, you know, if you, whether you're a great businessman and rich or you're an, you know, inventor and, you know, good with technology, those, those things are good. They, they certainly, you know, have their, their place. But if, if you lack the moral character, um, you know, it's, those other things are, are kind of meaningless, really. Yeah, I definitely agree. And, um, but the thing is, though, the sad thing is that, um, good men this, in this world are, are, are few because this world doesn't, um, you know, like look for or build good men because what, 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 what it needs to succeed in this life is actually, uh, a lot of people who are deceptive, who are, who are manipulative people who have no integrity and and cowardly those are the ones who survive most of the time and actually reach the top you know because it takes a lot of of that sort of characteristics in in order to to survive and suck and thrive in a in a capitalistic environment and so in, in this kind of society it seems that um, we are we are a sort of um, creating an era of weak men. You know, how would you uh, uh, s- agree with that? Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I look at who we have in the United States as a, as a president currently as you know somebody who has really no moral character and. Um, yeah, who who only seems to value success and will, will put anybody down and do anything to to achieve that and you know that's that seems to be yeah more more of a standard these days than than not that you know um, goodness and and courage and those sorts of things are not nearly as valued as as the ability to uh, do anything you can to to succeed yeah and and one thing though is um i want to ask you why don't you have kids now like you're uh, you're at a, the prime of your age and you have a beautiful wife um why not have kids um well we when we first got married um we we thought about it um I think really several factors. Uh, one was just just convenience. We enjoyed um, just being able to, uh, you know, pick up and, and and travel and you know do the sorts of things that you can't always do when you when you have children if you're going to be a good parent. Um, I think um, for me the second 
thing was I, I came from an abusive, my, my mother was very abusive. Um, my father knew about it and, and let it happen, you know, and I'm touching on, you know, my, my current lack of belief in God, um, that certainly contributed to it because both of them, uh, taught Sunday school and were very active in church, and, uh, very, very knowledgeable about the Bible. No, so, but yeah, the, the way I was raised and, um, some of the things my, my mother said and did to me and, and my brother, um, you know, made me not want to have children, um, partly because, you know, I'm, I would be afraid of, you know, a lot of times people who are, were abused, um, become abusers. And, and I certainly, I, I was very afraid of, of doing that, of continuing that cycle. So that's, you know, certainly was part of it. Um, yeah, and part of it was, yeah, my wife and I just found that it was, it was more convenient. But, you know, like, um, I have to tell you though, because I, I, I myself am a Christian, John, and, um, be, before we end this call, I, I would love to, uh, talk to you about these things, you know? And, um, you, you said that, oh. um, uh, you had you your parents were like pe people who taught Sunday school and you were asking like um, if these people were that were Christian but and why do they do this thing these things you know if Christianity were real then it 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 should definitely produce like not not perfect but like at least good people who actually believe and act what they believe you know. Like, how did you cope with this? Uh, well, um, I mean, at at the when I was when I was a child, and you know, certainly for even you know most of my adult life, I I was a Christian and I did go to church, and you know, I I really did you know strive to believe and uh, you know pray and follow God's word, and you know all. all all the things you associate with Christianity. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think when I was in it, it did not occur to me as much. Um, but I, uh, I went to a therapist for a while and, you know, and, and when you do that, it starts to kind of take the blindfold off as far as how you were treated and, and why. And it really started to make me question. And, um, you know, and, you know, again, not just my parents, but a lot of the people that I encountered who, you know, claimed to be Christians and, and went to church and, you know, were very faithful, you know, just were really awful people. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, those those were things that, that definitely shaped me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, um, you know, John, this is before. Be, yeah, before we end, this is all, all that I would lo uh, love to tell you. You know, um, I believe that um, man is wicked and man is totally depraved of God. And no matter how our religious we people might be, they will always have these uh, problems in their heart. You know, and. I believe that you yourself are a Christian. You have like um, still hold on to your belief in God, but the, the, there is something bothering you right now, and it's that that you you have seen the evil in people's hearts, 
and it's uh, hindering you from from uh, letting uh, God into your heart, you know. But I, I but I think that deep inside you know that love is real. You know, when you look at your wife, you see how how valuable she is, how important she is to you, and you would do anything for her. And this, and I believe that you that this kind of love is real, and this sort of love is the same is made in the and because we are made in the image of our Creator who is also loving. But the thing is that um, in order for us to be able to have love, we also need to have free will. And the problem with free will is that people get to choose not just the right thing, but also the wrong thing. And for me, it's it's a sacrifice worth worth it, you know? No matter how hard the, the troubles, the struggles we have, suffering and evil, I believe that no matter how much suffering there is in life, just having your child in your arms or looking at your wife or just having fun with your friends and have being in good fellowship, I think that's really what life is about. And it's worth everything, every struggle we have, you know? And, you know, it, I'm not trying to uh, convert you or proselytize you or anything, but I just want to tell you that, that um, no matter how evil people can be, you know, uh, God is there and He is loving he will take care of you especially his son jesus christ and uh if you're ever struggling you know and if you're uh, having trouble with your life i believe that um if you open your heart to christ and i i believe that you know that uh, christ died on the cross for you and he lived again and now that he's living we have hope that we also will live again when we die and you know, just uh, just to end this here, I, I want to ask you one last question. Um, being sure. the being the good the good man that you are of moral fiber, you know, I believe that you are, and you like only desire good things for other people. And I would want other people, other men, to be like you as well. You know, um, what would your desire be for the world? You know what? What kind of world should uh, uh, be? Should it should be? Should it be that produces good men in a normal basis? Uh, what uh, kind of actions should we take in order to arrive at this world? I'm I'm not sure if we can. I I think we can only do do our best at the at this point to you know. But I I think you know we we live in a world that seems to be morally depraved you know, and the, and the best we can do is, is our best to uh, you know, I, to treat people to treat people well um, you know um, well you know to talk about about Christ the way that, that Christ treated people the way Jesus treated people was um, you know it didn't matter whether you were you know, a Samaritan woman at a well, or, or, you know, a devout religious teacher. Um, 
you know, we see Jesus having those types of, of you know, we're having interactions with those type of people, and, and he loved them, and he saw, you know, not not only who they were, but who they could be, and uh, you know, I, I think that's you know, something that you know, whether you believe in Christianity or not, you can still see people who they are and treat them as well as you can and also see who they can ultimately be if, you know, if they're allowed to blossom as people and to experience love and, you know, and, and compassion and dignity. Yeah. And, um, And one last thing, uh, John. Um, I just want to say that it was, uh, it has been awesome talking with you. Very interesting, and I've learned a lot actually. You know that, and um, I, I've also ha- have this these struggles in my life. But uh, to be honest, I've only found the answers in Jesus Christ. But um, uh, it's it's your choice, bro, and um, I believe that we're gonna be good friends, uh, <laughs> even. And it's gonna uh, it's been nice talking to you, man. Yeah, you too. Uh, thank you. I really appreciate. It. So that's the end of it. Thanks for tuning in, guys. This is your host, Elmo Ador Jr., and thank you for listening in. And please subscribe. Please follow us on Facebook. Please, please follow this. Please. Thanks. Thank